What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I am in the house today with a friend of mine from Clubhouse. Those of you on Clubhouse may have heard of her, and I'll introduce Tal in a second. However, before I do that, I want to welcome everyone. I want to thank you for your your viewership, your listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast, and your continued support for everything that I do in uh, the the mission that I'm on, which is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. And we're doing that through a lot of methods, which is the podcast, the book, Rocket Fuel, speaking, coaching, and also the new tech platform, Blueprinted, which if you haven't heard, Blueprinted is a great platform to find out the steps to achieve anything. And I just want to give you a heads up about that because it's going to be blowing up here very soon. We're adding our creators into the platform now to build blueprints. And if you happen to be a a creator, coach, consultant, trainer, or just know how to do something, the steps to achieve something, and would like to impact with that and monetize in our marketplace where we're going to drive millions of people to, please go to blueprinted.com forward slash VIP. That's B-L-O-O printed.com forward slash VIP and become one of our first 100 founding members. With that being said, Tal Navarro is an entrepreneur and pioneer of digital marketing. She founded and ran the first Israeli college for social media marketing and is a powerful influencer in her own right. Tal has become an established by her successful fashion lifestyle blog and personal social media channels. Over the last 10 years, she has been consulting, lecturing, and teaching digital media strategy, content creation, and web promotion for major firms, startups, senior management, and business leaders. She founded Social Lady Media Boutique to help businesses and influencers achieve success through social media. Tal, welcome to the What Are You Made Of podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. You know, I, uh, I got to give you some, just a little heads up here. I usually wear a hat and I'm transparent with everything with everybody. So I usually wear a hat, but I'm very well coached and mentored. And one of my coaches who's advising me on my brand and where I'm going with being a tech entrepreneur and um, has said that, why are you covering up your head? (laughs) And I just, I grew up wearing hats and I kind of love it, but this is one of the first podcasts on my show without a hat on and you get to experience that. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And since you, you know, you're kind of in content and social media and branding, I'm sure. I just thought that was cool. First of all, it's cool because it fits you the being without a hat. You're a good-looking guy and there's no extra needed. That's it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I wasn't looking for that, but thank you. I'll take it. I'll take yeah, compliments no, I just, all that. You know what? I'm also being real, authentic, and to the face. I'm not going around. So that's well, thank it. You. Well, thank you. So I always start to show, Tal, we got to keep a tradition here of asking the question, what are you made of? What am I made of? That's a good question. Well, I'm made of love. I'm made of a lot of passion. I'm made of my life experiences and the things I've been through. And I'm made of flesh and blood, as we all do. I'm human and definitely love and passion are the drive, the driven force of my life. And I think since my baby was born, it all came into her in the shape of a human being, this love and passion. But 
I also have some other babies like my business and, and <laughs> other things that I do in my life. So yeah, I'm growing a lot of babies and it's all with passion and love. So I guess that's what I mean. Passion and love. I think that's what we get out of this. Passion and love and skin and bones, you said. So <laughs> and and listen, so with that being said too, are you a spiritual person? I believe I am. Yes. Yeah. I'm not meditating regularly, for example, but I am a, a spiritual in every aspect of myself for many years. And I've heard it from other people. I didn't even see myself as a spiritual person, but I always hear it from other people that I leave the secret, that I leave, you know, whatever they're, you know, dreaming and whatever. Because I'm just, I was born in a way that I am very passionate about a lot of things. So, and I see them in a different, in different levels, on different ways that people are seeing them. So I guess that's, that's my answer. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, well, I appreciate that. And so tell you, like, take us back. Like, where did you grow up? And take us back to being a kid. What was being a kid like where you grew up? I grew up in North Israel in a small neighborhood named Karayot. It's near Haifa in a, you know, very simple, sweet area, not far from the beach. I'm a very big beach lover. And yeah. uh, two sisters, great parents, three dogs. That's it. Does your dad lose his hair having three daughters? My dad actually has a bald hair, just like you, and he's good looking. Yeah. He's yeah. a really good looking guy. He's now 70 almost, and he's amazing, an amazing human being. But yes, you know, I have a daughter and I'll tell you something. I don't know when this is going to go out, but I guess I'm going to share it until then. But I'm pregnant, actually. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, this little guy who is in here. He doesn't know yet, but his job is going to be her bodyguard. He doesn't know that yet. He's going to come out. That's his job. That's it. I'm going to put him in a commando <laughs> from the day he was born to make sure he keeps her safe. That's so, yes, he became bold because we are three girls and my sisters are beautiful, you know. So there was, there was always a line outside the house and my dad was with a rifle ready for <laughs> any, any unnecessary guy to cross the door. I love it. When, when, when are you due with the baby? In May. Oh, May. Okay. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And that'll be number two? That'll be number two, yes. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So growing up in Israel, what was that like? You know, like what was it? Like I've grown up in the United States. Right. And the United States is totally different than anywhere else in the world. Uh, that has some similarities to other places, but there was definitely some times, I'm sure, where there was some conflict between the countries in the Middle East. It's never, it's never just seems like peaceful. Right. So did you have to experience that as a kid at all? Of course, we all did. I was, we had a few wars when I was a kid. And so we stayed in the safe room. And, uh, but my parents kept us in as much bubble as possible. I grew up in a very happy environment. But you know, when I was 18, I joined the, the, the army and I was a lieutenant in the Israeli army for three years. And I was teaching to uh, shoot the rifle during the war. And I was having a reserved soldiers reserve means my dad's age you know soldiers that i used to train how to use the communication tools outside the field uh in the borders and there was no phones at the time there was like wires we used to put wires and carry heavy kind of communication tools from one place to another and uh, no wonder i have back problems all my life since and I've carried them and I had, you know, trained my soldiers, et cetera. And I was like 18, right? Until I was 21. Wow. So it was one hell of experience. But it's just one of many in Israel. Did they teach you how to fight? Like hand-to-hand combat? Everything. Yeah. You, you have to be... You also learn that in school because you have to protect yourself from everything. 
in, in life. But Israel is an amazing place. Don't get me wrong. It's not like yeah, it's yeah. on the streets and there is war all the time. You, no, no, I get it. Yeah. So you're a badass is what you're saying. Um, that's what they're <laughs> saying. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say you're a badass. How about that? So, okay. So then when you were in Israel, then how old were you when you came to the United States? Just when I finished the army, I went to, I left Israel two weeks after and I moved to New York. No clue what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's how. Everything why did, why did you leave though? Why? Why did I leave? I wanted to explore. I wanted to see the big world. And I'll tell you something else. I was born in New York. When I was one years old, my dad brought me back to Israel. My parents okay. went there because my dad always said, my daughter is going to have American passport no matter what. So my mom was pregnant. They went to New York. They went to that hospital somewhere in the middle of nowhere. They made me and they came back to Israel. So I will have these papers, which he always consistently made sure that it's going to be renewed and updated. And when I was in the army, he took me to uh, New York for a visit. And he said, listen, my baby, you always have home in Israel, but this is your second home. We don't have papers. I, he's always dreaming to have, you know, to be in America, the, the endless uh, opportunities country or whatever for him. But he said, you can be here. And I said, you know what, maybe I'll try after the army to go travel. Everyone goes to India, to Asia, to travel, backpacking. I decided I'm going to New York to start my business because I wanted always to be independent since I was very young. I was always a mature. I was always working since I'm six years old to my own money. And not that, of course, my not. I mean, my parents didn't force me. I just wanted to do that. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and I moved to New York and after right after the army and that's it and then you know i started my journey after three months i i opened my first ever company was plumbing and constructions company in new york had no freaking idea what i was doing whoa whoa, whoa. you said construction company constructions company i met this guy we fell in love he was a plumber i'm like you know what let's make a business out of it and i'm like and i don't know anything and he said yeah why not so we moved to manhattan and uh, we opened a business. I was doing everything behind the scenes. I was even doing marketing without even knowing I'm doing marketing. I was drawing the, the logo and handing out flyers to people. <laughs> you know, there was no internet. There was nothing. And everything was handmade. And I was with all the papers in front of the government or whatever needed to be done. And he was the plumber. But it didn't last long. It was like a year and a half. But that was my first experience in New York for making money and building my own thing. And it wasn't my first experience in life for building my own business, my own freedom. What, do you remember Do you remember what you paid uh, for rent back then in Manhattan? What I was paid, you said? No, what, what you were paying for rent for housing. Much less than what it is today. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. 21 years ago, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but, but I, bet you, I bet you have it in there somewhere. I was just curious what it was though. New York, around 20 years ago. Or something for and it was rent. like a little apartment place? Or? Yeah, it was like apartment, probably a two bedroom or one, one and a half or something that I used yeah. to live in. In the city, I lived in 46 and 8, like on the Times Square. Like I right. was blown <laughs> up. I felt the wealthiest, most successful human being. I went in the streets. I felt like I have a red carpet under my legs. I was like, I'm in New York. I make <laughs> my own thing. You know, that this is, I was... Oh, <laughs> Flying high, really. And then, and then, so what happened from there? Like, what, what did you, like the business went down or whatever? You closed the business? Yeah, so after a year and a half, didn't work out. We broke up. Um, we actually got married at some point and then we got divorced, but that's a different story. And then I 
So I spent th almost three years in New York, and then I had like a, a, almost a year I was looking for myself, or have, having a blast, you know, suddenly I was single, having fun. And then I m moved to India. I went to India backpack, traveling six months by myself from North what? to South. I did what? all India by myself. I was 23 at the time, and uh, it was a magical, crazy trip. There's a whole conversation about that, but I have gone through a lot of things by myself. There was no internet. Like there was barely internet that you had to find a, this, those big computers to communicate with my family. They didn't know what's, you know, I was somewhere in India. You can, I could disappear. No one would ever know where I was because I was in crazy places. And um, after those, uh, after this trip, I went back to New York and a uh, long story short, I met, I started to go to MySpace. So MySpace was the first step for the social media of, you know, in, engagement or social media in my life. And, uh, and I met a guy on MySpace. I met a bunch of them at the beginning, fake accounts that I, I fell in love with this beautiful model. It was a fake account or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, someone approached me, French guy, older than me, like 15 years, lives in a Caribbean island somewhere. And he approached me and he asked me if I want to have a cup of tea one day. And I was in New York at the time. And we exchanged, I decided to reply to him. I didn't even see his picture. I just saw the Caribbean islands and we started to chat. Long story short, like five days after we chat and the chat was on emails, right? There was no chat. Like, yep, no I remember. Yep. And um, after five days, we decided we're going to go on Skype. The Skype just came to the world. There was Skype at the time. Yep. And uh, I barely saw him, but I told him, listen, man, I don't know where you live. I don't know who you are, but I don't know where is the island you live on, Anguala, Angula, Anguilla, whatever it is, but I'm coming. And he said, oh, we, oui, okay, why not? You have extra room. And I said, I don't care about extra room. I'm, I'm going to sleep on the beach. I just come to see the island. I don't care about this guy. Long story short, I took a backpack, called my sister. I told her, listen, I'm flying to this island. It's not even on the map. It's that small. It's near St. Martin, if you know. Everyone knows St. Martin. Yeah, yeah. So it's near that. It's called Anguilla. I told her, listen, I'm flying for this, this guy. I'm going to sleep on the beach. If I'm not calling in three days, tell mom I'm on this island and call the police okay <laughs> do me a favor and i just took a flight i went to meet uh my ex-husband my second ex-husband i wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book rocket fuel is available for sale now at mikecrock.com forward slash book that's mikecrock.com forward slash book go get a copy and share it with your friends and family it will change lives guys i will not let you down now back to the show which we well, fell in love. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So when Skype, did Skype have video then or was it a call, just a phone call? It was kinda? a video, very blurry. Okay. Like, very blurry, like really the beginning of it. And yeah, and then I moved to the, to the islands and I, I met this guy, we fell in love. Long story short, we opened a business together. It was Kitesurfing Equipment Dealership that became a huge success because that's when I started to really dive into social media, digital marketing. I built website by myself, autodidact learning coding and graphic design and and he was a photographer and a graphic designer as well so he was mainly doing the graphic design but i learned everything with him and and then i learned how to build websites you know the seo section and all these things gary vinerchuk was just the beginning of everything and i was already crazy on him you know at the time he was one of my first like mentors online etc so so yeah, so it's like, uh, you know, it's a journey. And then we, we made a very big company for kitesurfing equipment. We used to, to travel in the Caribbean islands. Uh, we got married on the islands and we traveled in the islands and we took a lot of pictures and art and created articles. And there was no other 
kite surfing equipment website out there that we were like one of the first that we were very big and we made a lot of money because we created like an e-commerce but everything by ourselves there was no editor like weeks or wordpress there was nothing we did everything by ourselves and um and we were like middlemen we didn't have even inventory we just had our own equipment for kite surfing because we were surfers and um and yeah we were writing in forums remember there were forums like where you write down yeah i don't know remember. who is the person there's no name you know it's anonymous but everyone knew this israeli kite surfing girl from the caribbean island who lives with this french guy and traveling the world and sharing their stories and, and pictures and uh and yeah was, so we spent three years in the caribbean islands like tarzan and jane in this abandoned island and uh running our business which was a huge success at the time was amazing amazing time amazing journey and then we moved to florida for two years and then i had a tragedy a family tragedy but that's it, it's another story so i don't know if you want to hear that but. yeah bring it come on man We're, I'm, I'm getting into this like i want to hear what happened <laughs> so my my mom got sick and uh i left everything i moved to live with her in haifa in the north israel i moved in with her moved in i moved in to take care of her and i you know and the company was online thing so it was okay we kept on running it but our marriage just uh, didn't survive that and she, yeah be well because you guys separated uh physically were away from each other right right that's it we were yeah, away yeah. from each other he couldn't stand being away from me it was yeah, it's yeah. a long story but it's yeah whatever i get it i get it yeah yeah and uh like so he wasn't that supportive he didn't know how to deal with this you know and i was you know i see my mother dying in front of me and all i want to do is be with her i don't care about anything else like right I, and you know it's different cultures also different ages everything was, so it suddenly it was very hard so when she passed away six months after we tried to save the marriage it didn't last and i moved back to israel i just literally started started from zero because the, i left the business it's the kite surfing equipment in the caribbean it's not really something i i just left him everything we had a big big uh fight separation whatever so i left him and i just came to israel and restarted from zero but now it's a different long story so i don't know if you want to yeah but, that. but uh, so how how old were you when you went back to israel how were i how old were you when you started I over was 29 29 okay so you still you were still young age there to, to start over and it's not like the end of the world um yeah well for yeah. me you know i lost my husband my mother my freedom in the caribbeans and to uh he moved back to Israel and to uh, a shared apartment with roommates. Like what? I never had a roommate in my life. And I moved to Israel. I had no idea how to even, I didn't even know Israel since I was a young kid in the North. I moved to Tel Aviv. It was like to move to New York for me because I right. never spent time. Until it. Anyway, it was a really hard times, but you know, I built myself from scratch and short time after I, I established the first digital marketing department in Adler Homsky. It's the second largest advertising agency in Israel. So just when I came to Israel, I started to go to conferences and I started to write a lot on Facebook about my adventures and about things I've been through. And I started to have a lot of followers, a lot of likes and friends and all this. And Facebook was new in Israel. It was brand new. Mm -hmm. So I became pretty famous for like an influencer or someone who's writing a lot about her adventures. Like I came from nowhere and uh, I was invited to that agency, uh, to that advertising agency to, uh, to establish and run the, the, the digital marketing department. The first one ever because they the Facebook just people didn't understand about why this girl is taking picture of her computer. I can see the table. It's so private. People would tell me, 
it's so private right. your right. room, you know it was so weird that i took picture in my room you know oh my god you see my room anyway yeah anyway long story short i i did it for one year and then i was great but i i needed my freedom i couldn't work in an office and i left and i established the first college in israel for social media and that's when i became famous in israel that's when i became like big like it was everywhere on the news and i was interviewed people didn't understand why would anyone go to learn about facebook who cares right, like right. what is it going to do to us and and what is the secret and whatever and i came and i had all the biggest companies in israel coming to our school we had six branches all over israel and i had uh four four people the sales team and and i had so many lessons from that you know from i had partners that were well, i'm not even going to go into it and and that just so many lessons from that experience um and two so years after actually we sold it which is great i didn't do a big exit but it's because uh, we had a lot of issues but it was great we sold it and and i became an an, an expert speak a lot of speaking in a lot of places and consulting and teaching and lecture about that like a one-woman show how did you know facebook was going to be big and that people should start to learn about it like what because what did that for you facebook because I saw the potential of the social media platforms the moment that I started with MySpace, which was one of the first social media platforms that I was on. And I saw what it did to my business. I mean, I remember when I had the kitesurfing business and I came to visit Israel and I saw people having stores and I told my mom, why would someone keep a store, a clothing store? Only the neighborhood people can come and buy from it instead of opening it online when everyone can buy from it. And that was before anyone even thought about, you know, having e-commerce or there was no Wix, no WordPress, no, no even editors. And it was really, I didn't understand that, but, you know, only later I understood. It's not that simple. Blah, blah, blah. It's, there's a lot of reasons, but, but I understood that the digital marketing, the social media potential, because I freaking met my ex-husband on the social media and my life changed because of social media. Right, right. You know, and, and, yeah. and I managed to build my business also with social media. We did videos on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook just started. So we had a page. There, was, there were pages, like weird pages on Facebook at the time. Anyway, so it was uh, big lessons that I learned before. And I understood the potential of Facebook also because I started to write a lot. And I started to get a lot of traction and followers. And here, here, is, the, here, and here is the press coming to interview me about that. And here is, you know, I was managed to run the department in 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 Adler Chomsky, in the agency etc so it's all coming coming from the social media so i understood the potential because it happened to me and then i started to invest invest my time and knowledge in it and understand how to build a strategy for it and how to really work with this tool and also all the time it's changing you know facebook changed all the time anyway so i've learned but not only facebook but twitter and Instagram then came to the world just 2011 and you know so I was there at the beginning of everything and, and so uh, and so based on where you are now like what are you most proud of from your past every step of it every but what's one thing that glares out to you there's got to be one wow. thing that like if you think about what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say that to you of course the kites of equipment of course the balls that I had to step into doors of opportunities that I've had on my way which I do till today I have a lot of examples of it but I'm just well, that's thinking. courage, right? That's courage. You've had courage. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess. To, to, to make a decision and take advantage of opportunities, it takes courage. And that courage comes from somewhere. And it could be genetic, but it also could be something that when you were growing up or training that you experienced in maybe in the army. But yeah, that was courage, man. And that, that was, uh, it's impressive. And you still do that to this day. 
I'd be, you know, if I was you, I would think about that, like being like the fact, because you just listed a couple things, but the one thing I could think of is how courageous you were. I can tell you, you know, I'm pregnant. I have a baby. And last week there was the NFT NYC events. Yeah. Yep. And I got into, I got into crypto in 2017 and I'm very big, like very strong and it's like very big fan of it. And since NFT came in, I started to dive into it. Now I'm really a big fan. But I just, the last minute I discovered about this event, I don't know a lot of people from the NFT in New York, et cetera. And I decided last minute I'm going. So I bought a ticket. I didn't even have a ticket to the event. I didn't care. I said, I'm going to, somehow I'll get it. And I got it the day before I flew. So I flew, I got a hotel somewhere in, in, in Times Square. I landed at 10 p.m. I had no idea what I'm going to do. I started to walk the streets by myself. And then I, you know, I, I thought, what am I going to do? I mean, my, by myself, or what, what events are now? I don't know anyone. I tried to communicate with someone. He said, you need RSVP, so forget it. I said, okay, maybe I'll go to sleep. And then I met two guys from the NFT and we started to walk together. And then they discovered me a lot of tools about NFT. And I was awake until like 5 a.m., mind bloated with so many things I learned just from the first day I came. It's all because I decided I'm going. And I, you know, I could, I, I have... I'm in a pregnancy pre- period that um, it's not the best, like not easy. Yeah. Company I'm running and a baby at home. And I decided I'm going, you know, to the nowhere, to somewhere I don't even know where. And I did it and, and amazing things happened. But that's the only way to take an action. If you are really passionate about something, don't let anything keep you back. Anything. Just jump into it. Worst case, nothing would come out of this event. Worst case, I lost, you know, $1,500. And that's it. I just went and came back and that's it. But you know what? I met some amazing people and a lot of things are being built right now. So it's very exciting. So let me ask you this, because I'm spontaneous as hell too. Like if I decide I want to do something, I go do it. My wife understands that after 18 and a half years, she just get. How does your husband deal with your spontaneity? Because you did, that sounds like it was a very spontaneous decision. Yes. I'm sure that yes. wasn't the first or the last because no, you've just told us other stories in the past <laughs> where you were spontaneous. What's he say when you say something like that? Because my wife, now she's just like, go get it. Go get them. <laughs> My husband is marrying me for that, you know, for being crazy ass as I am. You know, I mean, when we moved to LA, we had no, no idea where we are. We landed here. And why we moved here? Because he got an offer to open here a chain. He's a private chef. He got an offer to open here a chain of poke with a big company that it's a family company. Da, da, da. We moved here after two weeks. We closed our life in Israel. Like we got it two weeks. We got the offer two weeks before we closed our lives. He left there. He was owning a restaurant. He left. I left my business. We moved to LA. No, don't know anyone here except this company family and don't know where we are. We landed in Beverly Hills. We found an apartment and became our starting point. And then this company never worked out for him. So we just started from zero in wow. LA don't knowing anything. And a month after I took him to Burning Man, I told him, listen, man, let's get freaking married. Let's have fun. Let's start this journey. And we just did. We get, went to Burning Man, we got married. And then, you know, he started to cook for the biggest celebrities, biggest A-list, just from one that offered him. Since then he's exploding. I, I don't want to do a name dropping, but there. Yeah, no, that's cool. A lot of, uh, and, and I built myself, my business, my social lady agency from zero. Also. Well, how long, how long ago was that that you moved to LA? Five years ago. Oh, five years. Okay. So lots happened in five years. That's freaking sick, man. I love it. Look, I want to respect your time and I can talk, you know, there's a lot to talk about because I, I like the way you're spontaneous. I like your courage. 
Um, and I like the things that you're into. So we could talk, you just mentioned NFTs. Like I'm an addict with NFTs now, and I don't know. I see a drop and I see something I like and I just go mint them. I, I don't even know if it's good or not. So I, I might have a, it. I am so bad. I'm I like, might have a problem. I just got apes. I got fat apes. I got uh, goats. I also got fat apes. Did you get any goats? No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, the goats just minted this week. They're pretty cool. So uh, yeah, I, I, I got to stop so looking mean. at it. I'm, I, I can't, I, I'm trying to be on top of everything. I don't know where you get your updates, but you need to fill me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I get, I'm following on uh, Instagram a lot, but also there's a group chat that we have with crypto and NFT and all that. So definitely can hook you up in there as well. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, we'll take care of you on that. So, Tal, I want to thank you for coming on the What Do You Made Up show today, sharing your history, your ingredients that have gone into making who you are, and uh, where's the best place for people to reach you? Just pick. By the way, tomorrow I have the room on Clubhouse about NFT, so you're welcome to join. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll be traveling to Scottsdale tomorrow. So, depending on okay. my schedule, what time is it going to be? It's 9 a.m. No, no pressure in LA time, but any other time. I'm doing rooms twice a week. From All right, yeah, yeah, let's get into it, man, because I. I got the bug. It reminds me of baseball cards back in the day um, when I was a kid and I'd open the pack up to see what I'd get. And so it's just, it's feeding exactly. something, you know? So, exactly. but uh, yeah, so guys go check her out. What's your Instagram handle, Tal? Tal Navarro one. Tal Navarro one. Go find her, go engage with her. If you need any help with uh, any of this stuff that she just talked about, content, marketing, social media, go, go reach out to Tal and tell her that you saw her here on the What Do You Made Up podcast. Thank you so much, Tal. Thank you all for listening and watching. Keep coming back. And until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you, that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.